Hey, top model diva Shea Coulee reporting for duty. Today, we get into all things Avalon TV with our pal Grant Vanderbilt from the House of Avalon. We get into what it's like being a member of such a creative force, and he tells us some of their favorite top model facts. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coule, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I am joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. What's going on today, Maxwell? So Monday we kikied with our girl and top model superfan Grant about the first trip in top model history to Paris, France. And today we're just going to catch up with Grant and see what him and the House of Avalon have been up to this year. Uh, I am so excited to get into it with Grant Vanderbilt from the House of Avalon. It is so rare to find a superfan of this kind. We have a lot to talk about. Now, Grant, can you tell us about the House of Avalon and what part you play in the house? Yeah, absolutely. Um, fashion is one of my favorite loves. I, 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 I owe a lot of it to Top Model, honestly, getting into like researching and finding out more. Um, but as far as the House of Avalon goes, we're a, like a queer collective. Um, we are a creative entity so we do, we do we do a lot of different things uh, from creative directing for videos to um, throwing big crazy wild parties. Um, we can we we can literally you need something done we can do it. Yes, yes. Um, my taxes I haven't quite touched those yet. Um, so if I come over, do you guys have anybody that? can help me with um, um, some taxes because I'm a creative too. I need to try and find some some deductibles. Caleb is a whiz on doing it online. So I'm, sh- I'm sure he can find something real good for you. Hello. Thank you. You hear that, Caleb? Deals. Yes. Okay. I'm coming for you. Tax season 2020. What's good? Um, so let me tell you, you and the girls are all killing it on Instagram, and we love, love, love the looks that you turn. Um, where do you oftentimes find yourself getting the inspiration for a lot of these iconic shoots that we see you guys producing? I, it's, it's, I have like this like Rolodex in my head of things that I've loved, and I just like you know paperclip them all together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that you know, it's it comes from the past. It comes from going through like and looking, lots of googling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can like spend hours just like looking up a single person and then going and looking at like editorials and seeing this and seeing that. And then I'll go from, you know, one magazine to the next, like, and going through to see everything. So that's where a lot of, from, for me, it comes from and mm-hmm. just pop culture in general. Like there's so much to pull from. Absolutely. So that's, that's where most of it comes from. Yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, obviously I've, I've, 
follow your uh, Finsta and I feel like that is such a, I feel like your Finsta is such like a beautiful sounding board for so many of your creative ideas. I see so many references, photos, research that pop up on there and I will literally be like, God damn, where the hell did she find this image? I'm like, there. I, I like, I remember there was like one time you like had posted like a series with like Drew Barrymore, and I was all like, where the fuck did she find this? I was like, this is so kind. How have I never seen like that? So I always am getting my life seeing like the things that uh, you post on there. I think literally it was just earlier today I saw you like post uh, some picture of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying this like. A beautiful, like pink, uh, ruffled, like gown clad 80s woman, like over this bed. And I was just all like, I live for this girl. I was like, I live for her mind and like the things that I see her posting online all the time. I love my Finsta. I probably like my Finsta more than my actual Instagram. <laughs> I just, I have so much fun on there. I, but it's all from those Google deep dives, you know, like yeah. <laughs> looking like, oh, I, I watch like, like, Hunter watches so much daytime TV and Drew is, has her show. So like she'll come on and I'll be like, Hmm, I wonder what Drew did in 1993. So I'll just type in Drew Barrymore editorial 1993. And then that's where I just start digging. Yeah. It's so crazy because like the internet is just endless. Like, I don't know how people like, I think about like Andre Leon Talley, who is one of my biggest inspirations in life. And like, I Mm -hmm. think about how like he had to go to like school and travel and like go through books and to learn about this stuff. And it's like the fact that I can just have my phone in my hand while watching TV and just go through and find things. It just blows my Mm -hmm. mind. And I think we just take it so for granted. We we do. It's like um everything is just so unbelievably accessible now. Like I think um um like a perfect example, you know, how we could just communicate, even how we're uh talking on this podcast right now, you know, via Zoom, like there was a period of time um where during World War II where my grandparents were apart for two and a half years, and the only thing that they had was letters. That was it. Like just words on paper like could you imagine trying to sustain a relationship with somebody for two and a half years and all you got is a letter some of us can't even get a text back (laughs) (laughs) my mood changes minute to minute i can't imagine like you getting a letter in a a week or two or however many it takes and then i don't even have those feelings anymore (laughs) right (laughs) you know like what do you do with that like you receive the letter you're like who is this do i even remember <laughs> You're like Bird. I don't remember being in love with a man named Bird. Exactly, <laughs> Bird Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that top model, and, and it for you, and, and for me as well, served as like a major kind of like jumping off point for um my interest in fashion, and and thus kind of started this obsession and and made me want to you know research and learn more about designers and fashion houses do you have any um who are like your top faves like your 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 top fave designers fashion houses uh past or present um i live for vivian westwood um, her mm-hmm. early 90s stuff is some of my absolute favorite. Of course, Alexander McQueen. Yeah. Um, his, his late 90s really yes. brought it to the forefront to a whole new new game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love um Tom Ford's like when he was with Gucci. Gucci, oh, oh my god. I'm like his what those dresses, that that whole collection could have been released 
yesterday. It could have been released 40 years ago. It could be released in 20 years from now and it's still going to look fresh. I am obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. Who else am I obsessed? Like uh, Scaparelli, the new person designing for Scaparelli yes. right now is gagging me boots. Um, I'm obsessed with the new collection that they just released. Um, I, I love Jeremy Scott and Moschino. I, mm-hmm. th- he takes it to a whole nother level because it's fun and it's mm-hmm. not, it's not so serious. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I, I love playing with that because it, because it, it's, it's completely turning fashion on its head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the mundane things that he creates to like, he'll take something so plain and so simple, like the most basic bottle and turn it into the most amazing handbag. And right. it's just, it's stuff like that, that I really, really am impressed with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that, that type of exuberance, I think, is, especially when we, you were talking about Scaparelli and like where the house is going now um, versus its origin with Elsa, who really moved around with like the Dadaist art movement, like Marcel Duchamp and Man Ray. And a lot of, of, of her fashion um, ethos was literally about kind of poking fun at fashion and taking things and making them whimsical and looking at them from a different perspective. And I feel like that's something that you and the House of Avalon do really, really well. You guys are really, um, I feel like you just do such an amazing job at taking um, the normal every day and finding something unexpected within it and then um, amplifying that in a way that's like really fun and fashioning. So are there any fashion trends that you think are absolutely 100% timeless? Um, not to tie this back into top model, but the oh. chignon <laughs> will never yeah. go out of style. Top model facts. Top model facts. I would never forget the first day I learned that word from top model. <laughs> and I, I think I said it 40 times. All my little girlfriends in school, I was like, we've got to get you a chignon. It's so much more chic, 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 chic. You know, like that. <laughs> I'm like, why were we the same child? Why was I like, you heard Tyra Banks say chignon and you're all like, oh, you're like, you know what? Let me tie my hair back in a chignon so I can go eat my filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was really trying to be all about that life. And you're right. Like nothing like a a classic, nice little low chignon. We'll never go out of style. I was I, I actually doing um, a podcast. Uh, I was doing Busy Phillips podcast and we were talking about scrunchies and she was just all like, but you know what? She was like, a scrunchie will always look nice on a chignon. And I was like, you are actually right. And you better get your early 90s, 90s real estate uh, broker moment on. Like, I was just all like, yeah, I just suddenly I'm your Venus started playing in my head when I imagined uh, uh, scrunchy on a low, a little low chignon. Um, and, and just like on the subject of, of, of trends fashion, are there any trends from 2003 that you would like to never see again? Because we're seeing a lot of this stuff come back. Like in this moment, we're seeing a lot of these trends kind of like have a resurgence. So are there any 2003 trends that you would, be like, uh, I'm good with never seeing that again. I mean, like 2003 was a very strange year for fashion. Um, it had some really amazing points, but there were some odd things too. I think we've learned a lot about proportion since 2003. Um, and like 
like because <laughs> in, in 2003 like we're we're looking at like the way people are wearing like jeans you know you've got like britney and like the lowest lowest hip hugger you've ever seen and in uh, a bell bottom but she's also like five foot two so she could not look shorter in that moment <laughs> but so it, yeah. it, it to me it's just like dressing for the body type will never go out of style so there are still there are moments from 2003 that we consider ugly or not cute whatever but if worn correctly it would still be cute because like give me a von dutch trucker exactly. hat any any day of the week and i'm ready like i'm never <laughs> gonna I'm, that is a y2k fashion is some of my absolute favorite so i'm never yes. going to like hate on it too much because yeah there was just something magically freeing about that time period i absolutely agree and i find myself like now now starting to embrace some of the more outlandish trends from that time now as an adult that I have like the freedom to wear what I want versus when I was like uh younger uh, in 2003 and like having to having to uh dress based off of what my parents could afford but we're gonna take a quick little break and then when we come back we'll start talking a little bit more about some of these 2003 trends and uh getting deeper with conversation with our girl grab we'll be right back So we were talking about 2003 trends because we had some really beautiful, um, glamorous, luxury fashion brands putting out really beautiful, timeless pieces, you know, um, Gucci, um, Dior. They were kind of going through this period where they were doing like these really beautiful kind of like silky kind of like form-fitting, huggy, bias-draped kind of gowns, which, you know, I feel will always, always be a classic. But then on the other side of the token, you had, um, I feel like this was when streetwear was also getting larger and larger. And so you had brands kind of like early in like 2000, 2001, like FUBU that were really starting to create a splash of the fashion market. And I feel like uh, around 2003, it was just like white people were like, what is our streetwear? Because FUBU is like for us, by us. That's for the black people. But they were like, what should we do? And then they were like, we got it. Ed Hardy, Von Dutch, motorcycle, grease, tigers, snakes, studs, all of it. And that's where that's where we went. And I mean, honestly. It's crazy because we were just talking about uh, Tom Ford, Gucci, and and we even see Gucci now borrowing some of those early two thousands Tom Hardy moments with 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 the with the tigers and the snakes and that and that has adopted itself recently into so many Gucci collections that we've seen um, come from the brand. So and Juicy Couture, the tracksuits for for the gals. Oh my god, Juicy Couture! Like I remember that the Juicy Couture tracksuit being a plot point in an episode of My Wife and Kids where um, the mom goes back to college and is like trying to relate. So she wears, she throws on um, the daughter's juicy tracksuit, but because the mom's butt is so thick, 
um, the J like <laughs> popped off <laughs> and flew out the window. And so uh, mom comes home and she's just like, oh my God, like the kids, like everyone loved me. They, they, they had a nickname for me. They were all like, hey, you see, you see. And she's like, yeah, everyone's calling mom Yusi because she was walking around with my juicy sweats without the J on it. I remember when the Olsen twins were interviewed for some, I think it was Vanity Fair. I can't remember. And it was about that same time period. And they asked them what they thought about Juicy Couture and if they owned Juicy Couture tracksuits. And she and they said, yeah, we used to wear them when they were in. Like they were already so like over <laughs> it. And I was like, <gasps> they've been saving up for a juicy bag. <laughs> Oh my God. And that just made me think of the Louis Vuitton Marikami bag. Like that was like that. I think even like now as an adult, uh, there was actually a while where I was just like, I think I do need to just like find myself a little vintage Louis Vuitton Marikami bag because that was, that was the bag. Oh, that was so the moment when Jessica had the multicolor um, on newlyweds. I was so gagged that bag. I wanted it for so long. (laughs) Right every girl wanted that they're all like oh my god that little pastel louis vuitton marikami bag what's good the top model of it all right the go sees the real life lessons and professionalism you and the house are people of nightlife and people would be really surprised at the level of professionalism you need to do these types of things so what has your overall experience been like in in nightlife from the beginnings to where you were prior to COVID? I was going to say where you are at now, but we know nightlife is not what it used to be. We, the House of Avalon started out, we, we started out doing house parties at our house in Arkansas because in Little Rock, there were two gay clubs. Um, at the time, one was like so heteronormative and it was like, if there were drag there, it was all like super pageant drag. And so it was like a bunch of like gays wearing like khakis and polos, nothing that nothing artistic in any sense of the word. And then the club, the other club was like really floundering, like no, like it was almost about to close. And so we were just throwing parties at our house because we wanted to have fun. And we were like completely, we take all the furniture out of the house and put it all into one bedroom. And then we would completely decorate the entire house and let people come over. We were, we were, we would, we would um, advertise on Instagram and yeah. like <laughs> hashtags when that was a moment. And um, that's kind of how we got our start. It was throwing those parties. And I remember the last one we threw at the house was so big. Like we had our entire front yard was full of people all through the front porch, all through the house, all into the backyard, just full of people. And when people were dancing in the house, like you could feel the house move. Wow. You could sway a little bit. Uh (laughs) And at that point is when the owner of the bar that was about to go under reached out to us and was like, Hey, could you, do you, would you guys want to do a Saturday night thing here? And so we were like, sure. And they were, they were like, we'll just split the door with you. So we're like, okay, cool. And that's when we started throwing the, the parties at the club was at that point. And then, you know, the, the journey has been us just, you know, taking over clubs, trying to make it look like, something that was ours and not just the club that you would go to every Saturday night. And we, and we moved to LA, we kind of kept doing the same thing here. And the last thing that we did was sugar tank at um, precinct 
which was one of my favorite parties of all time. I had so much fun at that party and I was really hoping to continue doing that. But like a week later, COVID hit. So, okay, tell me, like coming to LA from Little Rock, um, what was something that really surprised you about working with the people in Hollywood and the business? You know, um, top models seem to always try and prepare the girls for the industry. Did, did Tyra prepare you for any of the wacky experiences that you might have in Hollywood? I mean, it's, it's cliche, but like you really just have to stay true to who you are in a way like you kind of have to learn how to like to adapt in a way to kind of like fit what you need to fit but at the same time you have to stay strong and like hold on to the what made you do what you're doing and I think that's something that's really hard in LA because LA is so interesting because there's so many people here and there is such a huge um what do you like a huge nightlife moment here and everybody kind of does their own like thing but at the same time they're so similar like the layout yeah. of how it's supposed to happen like uh-huh. this this happens from this time to this time and then we're going to have a performance and then this time to this time we're going to be doing uh-huh. this and i don't work well with schedules <laughs> and, and a lot of us like the house like it's it's yeah. one of our things that like we like to have organic moments yeah and I, that was something that was really hard to like still be able to incorporate here mm-hmm. when you're not the sole like owner of the club you know what yeah. I mean yeah no I totally get that and I think one thing that um I think is beneficial for you guys is you know it's like you guys all kind of had this um big move over to Hollywood together as a house. And therefore it's like you guys came here and already had your support system here with you. Whereas, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they move to LA, they move to Hollywood and it's kind of something that they do alone and they have to go through this long process of trying to find a support system. And I, and just from having friends who have moved out here, I know that that can be like really challenging for people. And I feel like that's where kind of people get, get lost. And when you're saying, you know, staying true to yourself, people, you know, have a hard time figuring out like, how do I do that? Because they're just trying to find ways to connect with other people. But whereas you guys came out here, you had your whole support system and it's been nice to see you guys like flourish you know, and in LA because you've been able to stay true to yourselves and hold each other down. That is, I mean, I cannot imagine moving out here by myself. Like I don't like, it's just doesn't make sense in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is LA is a hard place to move to by yourself. It is so easy to get, you know, washed over or washed into the, to a wrong spot that you don't need to be in. It's so easy to think that you're making friends. And one person gave me a a really good piece of advice when I moved out here. And they said, everyone in LA is either a creative genius or the most beautiful person you've ever met. It's really hard to find someone who's not that when you move out here. So that's kind of like what makes it so much harder is Mm -hmm. that everyone that lives here, unless they're like born here, which is, seems rare that mm-hmm. um what i've met it seems they everyone has an agenda of what they're trying to accomplish so mm-hmm. it, it, it is harder to try to not to say not to find someone genuine but it's hard to find someone who is not just looking for the next step yeah mm-hmm. someone who is not uh being run by their ambitions you know 
So all in all, you guys have been doing really well. You guys were creating such a really great, you guys were really uh, laying down the foundation for yourselves really, really well in the Los Angeles nightlife. And because of the pandemic, you guys have switched to streaming and that has been going uh, really well for you guys. Like, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. We have had so much fun with this. So at the beginning of the pandemic, um, Mark and Hunter decided we needed to get a Nintendo because like in the first month of us all being home by ourselves, mm-hmm. we really did not know what to do. We were freaking out. Yes. Because we've always had so much stuff to do every day of the week. So mm-hmm. it was really strange for us to have a moment where we just all had to like sit around and look at each other. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to, uh, they decided to get a, a switch. So we started, they started playing games and mm-hmm. I'm not a big gamer, but I love a good mortal Kombat moment. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of my moment. And then Hunter started, would, would start watching twitches and I had not, I didn't even know what a twitch was. Uh-huh. I had no idea about it, but he started watching them. He's like, I think this is something we could do. It's, uh, and I was like, we don't really play games like that. Like if you're on there and someone's watching you play a game, you have to be good. Right. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to get on there and watch a bunch <laughs> of people not know what they're doing. And he yeah. was like, no, there are certain people that will do games, but there are also people who do, you know, this, or they, they just get on there and draw or they do that. And he was like, it's almost like public access television in a way. And so when he said yeah. that, that's what kind of made us all click. And yeah. then we had watched this really fabulous documentary on MTV and MTV in the early days, days and mm-hmm. how they kind of like started and what they did to kind of create their brand. And that just kind of like gave us inspiration to kind of like push it a little bit more. Yeah. And so that's kind of when it happened. And we all, like when we first started, we all had our own days and like on each day we would do this or we would, mm-hmm. somebody would do that. And it, I mean, like we rarely are actually playing games on Twitch for the most part yeah. we're, you know, watching movies with people where, uh-huh. you know, um, uh, Gigi will get on here and, and draw her looks. Like she'll create new looks uh-huh. and design with people and, it, it's been really, really fun. And me and Rubber do uh, a raw dog uncensored, which is like a like a, a RuPaul's Drag Race review show. Yes. <laughs> and it's fun because if we can say whatever we want yeah. and it's on Twitch. So you kind of have, you have to be subscribed to our channel to yeah. watch it back. So if you're not there in the moment that we do it you can't like clip uh-huh. it and put it all over twitter and then get us in trouble so yeah. <laughs> we're, we're loving that moment yes and i'm loving this whole era of like the quote-unquote house of avalon public access television and we'll get into that a little bit more when we come right back So we are here with Grant from the House of Avalon talking about all things fashion, top model, and Twitch. So you earlier explained that uh, you guys kind of look at this as like having like your own public access channel moment. And the thing that that struck out to me when you said that is... um, and reading uh, RuPaul's autobiography, um, when WOW first started, they were doing public access television in um, Georgia. You know, they were doing their small little slot, creating their uh, little 
uh, stand, not stand up, uh, like sketch comedy content and things like that. And now here they are, a uh, big production company with shows that they're selling to networks all over the world. So uh, ladies, gentlemen, and ladies, look, Twitch could be the, the, the frontier that leads to becoming major production, uh, production house in Hollywood. Everybody goes to. I mean, that is the goal, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, that's the, we would love to be doing that. Like yeah. we've we've had so much fun getting to work with Simone this season, mm-hmm. um, produce like helping her produce yes. and bring to life what she like the stories and the narratives that she wanted to tell with her runways. Yeah. It has just been really, really a uh, a blessing, almost in a way, to have us, you know be able to have the Twitch and like learning about editing videos and having more time for us ourselves to kind of like focus in on something and, and make it about one thing instead of having like 40 different things going on in one week. And it's been really nice to, to really, really laser focus in on something. Yeah, no. And the content that you guys have been putting out um, with Simone this season has been great. And I mean, and the content with Gigi, I mean, just the content in general that you guys put out is really great because it's a, it's well thought out B um, it's well researched. And I think that that's something that's really important. It's, it's clear that you guys know your references and even though you know them, it's so clear that even with each project, there's still um, additional research that goes into making sure that like the vibe and all of it is is really, really, is really right. So um, we actually have a listener question. Let's go ahead and read this. Okay, so this listener question comes from Juliana. Juliana writes, <clears throat> How has Top Model shaped the way you take photos? You both take wonderful pictures slash selfies. What lessons did you learn from Tyra? And do any Tyra-isms ever come to mind during a photo shoot? I mean, I I, I think about Tyra all the time in a photo shoot. Like, Top Model is, like, kind of where, like, I... Mr. J's role in the show is kind of what like the role I take on when Uh we are working on something. So yeah, I'm thinking about all the time, like, like her pointing out like differences and angles and the way your muscles in your face can change the way you look on, like when you find the light, like, like, so like all of that knowledge I have is Uh based from top model. From top model. Honestly, like, um, I, I say this to myself like all the time when I'm modeling on a photo shoot. I just always like in the back of my head, I'm just like, Tyra taught me. Tyra taught me. Like the, the one that I feel like I use all the time and I feel like I've gotten compliments on it before at photo shoots and I've worked at photographers, you know, like while posing is Tyra talks about they're always needing to be tension, modeling from H to T, like from head to toe, like no matter what you're doing, every single part of your body needs to be engaged because like, that's how, you know, you really give a dynamic pose. Like, I mean, no matter what, even if I'm standing up straight and like one leg is out, you better, you best believe that I'm still, the toe is pointed. You know, you better know that all the energy is traveling from every single angle possible so that you can feel all that tension, stand up straight, you know, all those things. Like Tyra. Two of my favorites. I love the act like there's a string pulling you from the top of your head. More top model facts. 
Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that so mm-hmm. much. And I love that if you can move your ears, mm-hmm. it makes your eyes like that's the smize. If like yes. being able to move your ears, ears back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could if you can concentrate the muscle where you're to be able to move your ears is what makes you have that smize. That smize. Talk about facts. Those are two of the ones that I think about <laughs> all the and I take a picture. Those are my two. Those are my two go-tos. Yes. Maxwell's laughing, but I'm sure he's like sitting back. Like they're trying to move his ears. That's why. I am. Like, no, I'm in pain, hurting, moving my ears because I, I don't remember. As the expert, I do not remember that. And I am very well, upset. You need, to, have, you need to rewatch. I know. I need mm-hmm. to practice moving my ears back. Damn. I'm going to be sitting here in silence just doing that. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> there was, uh, it was just a photo of uh, Miss J from Top Model. And the pose that they had, I remember just loving so much, just like, there was like a power stance and a wide kind of like second and like the leg was so beautiful. But then like the way that their um, ankle was turned, they had this like slight little bend in the ankle and it was just so dainty. And it, yes. And if you look at my um, season nine promo photo, that pose is ripped 100% from Miss J because that extension in the ankle kind of curving out like that, that was it. It's so womanly. It is so womanly. So like, how fiercely can you push this foot into the ground like to where your ankle is even like, ooh, even I got like a little curve in me too. Good old uh, Miss J Alexander. We love her. We, We love the girls. So, um, Speaking of photo shoots, I mean, we've been talking about that. You know, we were also discussing just some of the amazing work that you've been doing with um, Gigi and Simone. Um, What has it been like working with them on these projects through quarantine? And do you have a favorite of, of the quarantine shoots and things that you guys have done this past year? Um, I know you've done so much. <laughs> we, we really have. Like, I honestly, it was probably the second week of quarantine where we were like, okay, we've got to do something. And so that's when we kind of started pushing ourselves. Like, just because we can't go to the club doesn't mean we can't get dressed. And let's take some pictures. Like, yeah. that, I lived, like, back, like, when I was in high school, I was the only like photographer. Like, I was dressing my girlfriends up and yes. we were taking photos darling Mm -hmm. like editorial (laughs) so that's what i feel like we're doing right now um but working with them is so much fun like and they're so Gigi and and simona are so different in certain ways like Gigi always knows what she looks like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she is so Mm -hmm. aware of every single piece of her mm-hmm. and and like she like if you tell her to move your left pinky and that's it she will move the left pinky and, <laughs> and then like with Simone it's just so raw mm-hmm. and it's just like the only like you really feel like you're shooting a supermodel. You it's know what I mean? It's, it's that, spontaneous. Yeah. It, there's there's fire in it. And mm-hmm. I love that. Don't let the school I, taste I mean, fool you, baby. I guess yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess some, some of my favorites God, there's been so many. I mean, if we're if we're if we're talking before Drag Race with Simone, I would say I'm trying to go back on our Instagram and just like Google and look. God, there are so many. The we so there was a time period where we went to the desert and took some pictures out of Airbnb, and we did pictures of them like in a bed naked. Oh, 
<laughs> with, like, I love how country sheets. you are, bitch. You better say naked. I love oh my God. I just love it. Yes. <laughs> and Simone is in this, like, so is very soft yes. human hair. And she, I mean, she is giving me full yes. blown, like, hot girlfriend. And I yes. love those pictures of her mm-hmm. so much. And they're, they're just, there's just something about a white sheet. Like yes. I, a bed with a white sheet, you can give me anything with that. Like I think uh-huh. about like Faith Hill's Breathe music yes. video. Yeah. So fucking sad. Like, just, like, like Marilyn in the white sheets, like the yes. white, like white sheets and just gorgeous face is, that, that's all I need. That's all yes. you need. It's so simple. And if you've got it, you got it. Yes. Throw a couple girls in the bed. You got Danity Kane. Welcome to the dollhouse moment. You know, absolutely. Um, Speaking of Danity Kane, uh, when I was doing Busy Phillips podcast, she called them Donity Kane. (laughs) 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 I say anything, but I was just all like, um, I live for the the British version of Donity Kane. Um. That yes, no, I love a good old white sheet moment too. And I I also I I love it even though it's something that really scares me. Um, I don't really wear white and drag that much because um I just get my foundation all over everything and I'm like and leave it up to me to touch a sleeve to my forehead. And then I have like this brown spot on like my white dress. Like I was looking at Simone in Untucked um from la- last week. Um, and her and the the white dress from the Fascinator runway with not uh, a lick of brown makeup on her collar. I was just all like, wow, queen shit. Do you ever like, put, so when Simone puts on anything with a neck, especially if she's in white, she uh-huh. will put a plastic bag over her head. I'll do and like then, a pillowcase. And case. then put, uh, put uh, she puts a, bla- a plastic like shopping bag over her head <laughs> and then gets gets whatever outfit on then just pulls it out. And it, for, it works for her almost every single time. <laughs> it is the craziest thing to me. It's like, I'll, I'll do like a pillowcase or something. But I mean, even regardless, like I tend to like have my turtlenecks literally come up so high. And then all the, I always will like touch like my chin down and then I come back up and it's like this beautiful brown reminder i i i for <laughs> for, for yeah <laughs> for, season, for season that's yes the uh for season nine when we were doing the promo i wore this uh white dress and um dan will tell you he thought that this was about to be the end of our relationship because i was just all like okay i i was like running late and i was like i need this body foundation you know to give me my nice little glow moment it was like strapless it had this train and I was like, but be really, really careful with this. You kind of have to like mix it with the brush because like it's liquidy, it will like drip, but like be super careful because I'm wearing white. And Dan was like, what, you know, trust me. And like literally as he says that pulls the brush out from the cup that it was in, cause I put the, the foundation in this cup. And then it just dripped onto the train of my dress and then just bled red into the entire train. <laughs> I literally, this is the only time I've ever had like a, a like full like public meltdown, just like screamed at the top of my lungs, just letting out, just exclaiming all the anxiety I was feeling. And then I remember Valentina poking her head out of the bathroom that we were sharing in the dressing room. And she was just like, Mia Moore, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, but you live, you live to slay another day to continue on to be fashion enthusiasts and, you know, go on creating memorable 
things. But, you know, that's that's more for another day. That is all the time that we have for today's show. Grant, thank you so much for coming by and chatting with us. Please, 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 please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Grant Vanderbilt, and that's at, on Twitter and on Instagram. And then if you guys want to check out the House of Avalon TV Twitch, you just jump on Twitch. So I think it's Twitch slash House of Aval- Avalon TV or House of Avalon TV. I can't really remember, but if you just Google that, you'll It'll find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just we always post about it in our stories with Swipe Up, so they'll take you right where you need to go. Hey, that's what's up. Thank, Thank you guys you. so much for having me. Thank you. No, honestly, it was so much fun. And I'm so glad that you were able to come. I know what a top model super fan you are. And we cannot wait to have you back. I would love to come back. Just let me know when and where. Join us next week as we dissect the final runway show of Top Model Cycle 1. We will be joined by Dragula Season 2 winner and internet sensation Bitch Puddin'. Thanks for listening, and if you have any top model facts or questions for me and Maxwell, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. That's beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen, and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulet. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains... Wanna be on top? Wanna be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. To listen to Wanna Be On Top ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 